Amen to all who follow and establish this holy path. In this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself. By compassionate comprehension that dissipates delusion, by compassionate aspiration that harms no one, by compassionate speech that makes for clarity, by compassionate self-discipline that brings no regret, by compassionate livelihood that brings no discredit, by compassionate endeavor that results in goodness, by compassionate mindfulness that proves its path, by compassionate awareness that leads to nirvana. And in this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself. With this recitation, I do confirm my acceptance of these three pure precepts. The precept of restraint and religious observances, the precept of obedience to all good laws, the precept of all sentient beings. In this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself. With this recitation, I do confirm my acceptance of these ten grave prohibited precepts. Not to lead a harmful life, nor to encourage others to do so. Not to take that which is not given. Not to commit or participate in unchaste conduct. Not to tell lies nor practice believing the fantasies of authority. Not to use intoxicating drinks or narcotics, nor assist others to do so. Not to publish other people's faults. Not to extol oneself and slander others. Not to be avaricious in the soul of the teachings. Not to be angry. Not to speak ill of this religion or any other. In this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself. In the practice of loving kindness, and in the practice of pure attention, and in the practice of ever-expanding faith, and in the practice of constant devotion, and in the practice of inquiry to correct Diana. In this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself. Oh, happy blessed day. Oh, happy blessed place. Oh, happy blessed time. Oh, happy blessed path. Oh, happy blessed opportunity. And in this way, I do most deeply vow to train myself. Here, in humble submission, in order to experience this most perfect now, I deeply now and sacrifice all thoughts, all tensions, all pressures, and desires. I am born of karma. I am heir to karma. I abide in karma, and I am supported by karma. Whatever I do creates karma, and I shall surely experience this karma. 
that I and for all the acts I do freely offer to all beings. Dutiampi, Tatiampi, Sabaha. Again and again, may it be so. Willingness is the name of the key to the gate of awakening. For even to awaken from deep sleep and face the new day, there must be the willingness to do it. Here in my hand is the opportunity, and the way is clear beyond the gate of thought and desire. There is no self and other, as the awareness of pure, undisturbed consciousness slips into all consciousness.
On um, Thursday, I was talking about this revelation that there is this story about how I am that I'm that I'm easygoing mm-hmm. and open and mm-hmm. agreeable, mm-hmm. and yet I was having this experience while working with some other folks that wasn't that. Uh-huh. That there was a, I had, a, I had an idea of how things should go, mm-hmm. and I wanted it to go that way, mm-hmm. but I couldn't really speak up about it. Uh-huh. So then there's just all this energy. Mm. Yeah. So, so what's actually going on runs into a wall of who I am, and mm-hmm. I'm easygoing, yeah. and you know, yeah. kind of laid back, and yeah. and yet realizing that in this situation, that was what was going on. Yeah. There was a certain way you wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. And that ran into an inability to express. Yeah. Okay. So it really highlighted that, you know, when I, when I listened, it's another benefit of recording and listening, to actually listen to the person making the recordings, uh-huh. that that person who's often making those recordings from that two-handed perspective mm-hmm. is, is not easygoing. Uh-huh. You know, they're often stressed, uh, worried about themselves, mm-hmm. um, and there can also be uh, just a lot of enthusiasm and passion, uh-huh. but all of that is not—it's uh, it, not in line with the image of easygoing. Uh-huh. And what, what, so what it keeps bumping up against essentially is you shouldn't be that way. So you shouldn't have anything that's too much energy. It can be enthusiastic and passionate, and it can be, you know, controlling, angry needing it to go a certain way. Mm-hmm. And the revelation was, maybe I'm not easy going. Uh-huh. And, great. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like the 
all thoughts, words, and deeds, you know, from the beginning and the end of this time. Like, I did that. I am that. I do all these things. So all of this happens through me. Right. And it was just, it's just been, when I go to that place, it's just total freedom. Mm-hmm. I can get out of that, this is what's going on, but I should be a different way. And I didn't realize how chronic that was. So there's an idea of who I am, and kind of that runs into, well, you know, actually, this is what's actually going on. And to realize it sounds like there was a relief in getting it, well, maybe I am that way. I mean, and, and when you quote the, you know, all thoughts, words, and deeds since before the beginning and beginning of time, that's big, right? So not only maybe I am that way, maybe I'm all of it, yeah. right? And yeah. so... You know, sometimes lay back, sometimes not so much, yeah. right? And then what a relief in just being all of it. How could I not be all of it? Yeah, exactly. And just, it reminds me of we talk and talk about humor and just that, you know, that, oh, here he comes again, you know, or just definitely not easygoing, you know, or just that place yeah. of, of course it's okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if I didn't have anything going about it for myself, I wouldn't have it going anything about anyone else like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it just, it's yeah. been amazing. So then when I go to that place, it's almost like, it's a, such a release yeah. and a relief, yeah. like a burden. Like, I can just be however it is right now. Yeah. And then when I've been watching, so I'll be in that place, like, whoa, you know, just that, I didn't realize, it's like the karma is such karma, I didn't realize how much I was in that. Mm-hmm. And then, so, ooh, and then I'll kind of wake, I'll find myself in that place again. In the place? Of the karma. Uh And it reminds me of, that's definitely the default. Uh Uh-huh. Because I keep, even I've had the realization, I keep finding myself in that mindset. And it's, you know, there's just a, there's thinking and there's planning and and there's all this stuff that goes on that's definitely not easygoing or agreeable. And it's like, Wow. Yeah. And it's just like that thing where we talk about, what if you just woke up in someone else's karma? Yeah. You know, and like, wow. How illuminating that would be. How illuminating that would be. And that's yeah. sort of how it feels. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when you talk about that, it's like, whoa, going back into it, even though you've really seen it, I had that image of like, you know, maybe where you screwed a screw into something and you really, whoops, I'm off track, so you pull it back out. But it takes so much concentration <laughs> to get it where you're actually, because the, the tendency is going to be yeah, to go there. There was already a group there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's that place. It's so funny because as you describe it, when I'm projecting onto that, like, oh, of course I am. You know, I'm, I'm all of those ways. It's, there's a way in which that's very easy going. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> We had another one yesterday. I watched myself really go to that place of humor with it. Like, oh, we definitely need this today, right? And just, but in that, in that place, it's all right. Yeah. And that feels like what gives us the reserves to meet whatever this next thing is yeah. that's here. Yeah, and then you, then that is the groove of easygoing mm-hmm. and open and, you know, facilitating and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just so good, and I, I just want to keep making recordings about it because it is one of those things where it's almost like 
if I don't, and if I don't keep talking about it and looking at it, it could, it could cover it up like it never happened. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. My experience with recording and listening is it will only be able to do that for some period of time, mm-hmm. cover it over, because as long as I have recorded about it, when it's time, shuffle will bring it right back around. Right? Years later, it's yeah. time to drop it, and, and yeah. it will come. Right? But yes, exactly. To be recording from that place, about that place, the insights about it, and even though I would project some of what facilitates a big opening like that is doing the two-handed recording yeah. and getting to see over yeah. and over and over that realization, you know what, that guy's not experiencing laid back. He's not experiencing the idea of who he supposedly is, yeah. and that that begins to facilitate the opening, not in itself. Yeah, yeah, I mean, then there's just all this, exactly, doing that two-handed just really starts to open it more and more, because there's these curious things where I'll have a, I, for some reason, I have a lot of energy, I, I don't know what you would call it, like passion, or it's around things like cooling and heating and lights and solar. Like, and, and I don't understand it, but it's like, I, there's something about the attention that picks up a lot of things to the point of like, I don't actually, I don't want to know all that stuff. Sometimes I feel like, like now I have to be responsible for it or something like that. Oh, well, that's interesting to look at. Yeah, but there's just a lot of, um, it's just a weird, I don't know if it's a karmic, I did something like that in a past life or something. Mm-hmm. And but, but So that can get turned into well, you're just being anal, or you're just being, <laughs> and now, you know, when you step out of that kind of conversation, yeah. you can really celebrate, you know, Absolutely. these things, or explore them anyway, be curious about them. Celebrate, explore, be curious, and I think that's one of the huge privileges of being in practice in general, and specifically to be being in monastic practice, mm-hmm. is that when we bring the attitude of mind, I think you're pointing at, we don't really have to wonder about that. Like, well, am I just being anal or am I great? Yeah, right. Everything happens up here trying to figure that out. Yeah. But when all of it is turned over to guidance, yeah. in a big hurry, we yeah. start to get clear on those things and we get we get um, assistance of places to look mm-hmm. as that all unfolds. And what I you know feels like we get to is Wow, I really am here to use everything in my experience yeah. to see how I'm causing myself to suffer so I can drop back and end suffering. Yeah. I don't have to figure it out, yeah. I don't have to parse it all, I don't have to know this is a good place to put my attention, this isn't. But the process of all of it becomes where it's because it's so fun to explore. Yeah, and when, when you're just reflecting on the last thing as I saw was even though I say I'm all of that, what it really does is it takes me out of the personal. It really takes me out of the I. Yeah. It's not really that I am that. Yeah. I just, we get to have the experience of everything. Yeah. There's no separation. Yeah. And from that place, yeah. that, you know, we get to use everything in our experience. Yeah. There's that big feel to explore rather than yeah. I'm like this and I'm not like that. So that's why we take everything personally. It just yeah. brings you out of that. Yeah. Uh, that, that reminds me actually of something that dropped in. Um, so not taking it personally, when you were talking about cooling and heating, and mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. But one of the things that dropped in for me was, or is it that that's a need that life has, and so it it calls out the attention of this person, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, that we're all where the life the life force is operating through us. Yeah. So if if there are heating and cooling systems that need attention. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like life starts to put a particular person's attention. I know what I've been telling this, yeah. Rebecca, I'll come down this time. So, um, 
a story about Pache has been floating around that I want to share and look at. Uh, a lot of them, actually, but this one in particular. Um, and, it, and it ties to the not, take, not being a person, not taking things personally. So uh, there was one evening where it was raining, and it was dark, and it was cold, and we were walking from the building to our hermitage, mm-hmm. and somehow he got separated from me, because he often did, and <laughs> a smell or a saying, <laughs> or you got to say goodnight to someone, or <laughs> <laughs> a stick. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I, I read, registered that he wasn't in my eyesight, so I turned around, holding my umbrella, shining my flashlight, going, hi, Jay, hi, Jay, come, come on. And just looking, just wiping, watching back the, the trail that I expected to walk up. And I was there for a good few minutes. And I looked down and yeah. he's right there. What are you with me? He's probably looking at what you Oh my gosh, I love that. It cracked yeah. me up. Yeah. And, and you know, he didn't make himself known. Right. But he right. came when he was called, mm-hmm. and he was with me all, not all along, but he was yeah. with me. Yeah. And I didn't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was the most, um, like, I just had the feeling that it, nothing was personal. Like, I was the, I was one monk among many mm-hmm. that, that he lived with, and that he trained, and he cared for, and we cared for him, and mm-hmm. all of that. And yet, there was this beautiful, impersonal love that I projected, mm-hmm. that I received. Mm-hmm. And not just because it's projected doesn't mean it's not true. Right, right. Yeah. And, um, and I've just been looking at that, that impersonal, how impersonal life is. And yet, it's not... Not love, you know, right? Yes, that's interesting. So it, it sounds like it reveals a belief that in order for it to really be love, it's got to be personal, particular to me, and I've been particularly chosen. But to realize it, it's not a personal thing, but it's love. Mm-hmm. Yes, and because I, I was watching that uh, yesterday with Francis, there's a kind of a whole story about what happened with him, but I was last night just watching. So Francis him. the cat. Francis that's the cat. That's that's the little Francis Because <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, when I say he was in bed with me, <laughs> and I was really watching him breathe, just watching him breathe. Yeah. And I got it. I, I mean, so what dropped, what was dropping in was. Um, that he could have died. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And life, as far as I can tell, would have been just as fine with him dying as living. Yeah. yeah. And, and, um, and it, yeah, it, it, that, was a, that was just such a, I mean, I just sat there and watched him breathe for so long, just getting that. Mm-hmm. Just getting that, mm-hmm. and how utterly impersonal yeah. 
It is, and what it was the question that it, that it evoked in me was, what kind of love is this? What kind of love is this? Because what I saw in my mind's eye were four quadrants. Okay. There's conditional and impersonal. Conditional and impersonal love. Yeah, love. Okay. Like a shirt. Like I love this shirt, but I'm going to get the stain is out there. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. yeah. And then then there's a there's conditional and personal. Uh-huh. You know, like any number of things. Like, like most of where most of where things are. And then there's uh, unconditional and personal, like your kids or something like that, maybe. And then there's this last quadrant of unconditional, impersonal. And so watching Francis there, getting it, he easily could have died. And just watching him breathe, and that realization that, as far as we can tell, life would have been just as okay with him having died as not dying. And yet, seeing, experiencing that love, you know, maybe easy to project, life loves him, and life I, if we go to Pache, our beloved dog, who we lost a little over a week ago, it was easy to project that life loved him through that whole process. Still does, but it's not a well now life doesn't love or that isn't love now. Or you know, what I just saw as you were saying that is that's how I felt like Pache loved me mm-hmm. was unconditionally and impersonally. And and by him just kind of showing up on, at my side, it wasn't and, and not announcing himself by doing his little head back thing or anything like that. You know, it yeah. wasn't personal. Yeah, it was just you called. I'm here. What are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. I'm ready. You know? yeah. yeah. And and um and I, and I I I saw there was something else that dropped in that's kind of on the fringes. Let me see. Um, when you were saying about yeah, Francis. Oh, um, that that I could watch this little ego flare up of well, what kind of what kind, we call you know my Christian background we used to call God the Lord of Life. Mm-hmm. If you don't care if something lives or dies, mm-hmm. what kind of a Lord of Life is that? Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what? And I mean, I mean, then I count to my mind all those horrible stories of where parents accidentally leave kids in the car and they go, you know, and you're like, why couldn't you have knocked him upside the head that, look, you, you remember her. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and, and I was kind of like struggling with that. You know, like, what are you kind of, why, Lord, why is this? Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of reality is this that doesn't, and, you know, and so I went to bed. This was my, in my evening stuff that I do, writing this letter. And then I woke up, and what I, the, the insight that I sort of woke up into was, um, I, I can't really put it into words, you know how that is with insight, but the best I can articulate it is, you're assuming that you know what life is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That that was the insight that you woke up into. You're assuming that you know what life is. 
that that assumption was revealed in that question of what kind of a Lord of life is that? That you could let something like that happen? Because the child die. Well, maybe that's not what's happening there. Yeah, it's just... And you know, it reminds me of the process that we started with, talking with Scott, of that willingness to stay with what is. Mm-hmm. The, so what's arising? Well, how can that be? The willingness to stay with that question, and I would project from a place to the best of our ability, from a place of presence, right? Not, not going, I don't hear that you went to condition mind to attempt to put that together and to parse it out and to figure it, but just, huh. Mm-hmm. And that that's the being in that inquiry that, in a sense, is given to us and being willing to have that, to be with that, up comes that insight, mm-hmm. just out of it. Yeah. It's just so big. You know, I mean, Pache continues to, to teach. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know. And all of it, all of it, you know, yeah. he was just one manifestation, and yeah. the, the, the uh, it's just too big for words, everything, mm-hmm. and the awareness is just always guiding. Yeah, the awareness is always guiding. I'd like to continue this thread of uh, accepting all that is. Mm-hmm. So as I'm working on the making a change, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at all the subpersonalities, mm-hmm. um, I can see that there's lots of complexity there. And what I just see now is that I have some assessments that some are better than others. You know, and and can I get some? We put all the good stuff, good ones on this side, and the bad ones on right, that side. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I have some. Uh, mobile. I can. The switch from one to the other, so the content, if I can go into that, is um, coming on retreat. It's not retreat, retreat. It's the visiting month retreat. Yes. And I've been doing this for years here in other places. Mm-hmm. And it's just how to get here. It's just, uh-huh. you know, it's just... Conditioning kick and screams. Oh, are. yeah. And yet there's a clarity that this is the best place in the world for me. Yeah. You know? yeah. But the, the voice that's the strongest is, um, or the conditioning that's the strongest, is uh, my husband will dive on here. Mm-hmm. And actually what happened several years ago was that I was at another monastery on a practice period and my dog did die. My dog died, not my husband. My dog died. And uh, so there's that trauma that's already yeah. in my uh, synapses, you know, that something will happen. Yeah. And I can go to, uh, actually pretty easily, I can go to how great it is that I have this husband that I love so much and who loves me so much. Uh-huh. And that we have so many years together. Yeah. And that we have this practice together. Yeah. So I can go there, but there's a, there's a, what I'm seeing is that there's a real unwillingness to accept the other part that I'm so afraid that he'll die and I won't be there. Uh So it sounds like, if I'm tracking that, you can shift the attention to the gratitude for the fact that you care that much. Right. And that you love him so much and that he loves you and that you have this long-standing relationship and you have each other for all day and that you have the practice together and all of these things, you're able to really turn your attention to that. And what you're seeing is 
But you're realizing that that the fact that that oh God I'm scared this is going to happen and that that that's held outside the circle of acceptance. Right. Mm-hmm. Along with other things like you know I come here to because of the structure, but then I feel like I'm in chains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know it's it's a lot of um, like the ping pong ball. Yeah. You know I'm just and it, there's so many mm-hmm. that I just don't I mean it's just. Yeah, which really is the benefit, isn't it, of doing the, that work, of seeing the various perspectives, right? So in our homework right now, what we're working on is really getting a sense of those various players, mm-hmm. right? So what am I believing when I'm in that? You know, what are the voices that I, when I'm in the middle of that? What's the worldview of that? You know, drawing a picture, getting a sense. Because without that, we really do just pong, 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 go, go, get thrown between them. Yeah. But as we begin to really do that specific work, and I think in the radio shows so far, what we've really been getting the encouragement to do is to really look at the specifics, right? Mm-hmm. So especially those of us who have been doing practice for a while, it can be tempting to kind of, well, tempting for ego, to stay along the surface, right? Mm-hmm. And even maybe something like, well, you know what, I realize I'm just so lucky to have him, and so I'm just going to turn my attention to being lucky to have him in my life, and that I would miss all of the nuance of how the suffering is actually happening. But when I find the willingness to go, okay, yes, that absolutely is true. I'm very lucky that I have this relationship, and I'm very lucky that there's this love in my life, and I'm still getting really jerked around through all of these things. Mm -hmm. So let me stop and really take a look at the specifics here. And when we do that, it really ups our chances of being able to see, oh wait, this is that one. I'm in the middle of this one right now. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right. I also, just this morning as I was doing it, one of the beliefs and assumptions is that when I come here, I'll get fixed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's part of kind of the motivation for looking at all this. You know, it's not that I want it to be a genuine um, thing through the eyes of love. Uh-huh. Not that something's wrong, I have to get fixed. Right, yes, right. Yeah, and it'll be interesting to see as you go through the exploration. My experience of, I think, what you're talking about is that conditioning always capitalizes on what's actually going on, right? So if there's a real, genuine, like, gosh, I really want to see through the eyes of love, and I, I know there's an intuitive sense that there's another way to be with all of this. So conditioning's back there, like, okay, let's see, how can we work with that? Well, yeah, there's another way. And you know what, let's really work on that, because if we can work on that, then we'll get you fixed. And then we, right, but we're not it. That's yeah. it. <laughs> You're in my head. Because it's not that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and so then if it can do that to us, it's such a shell game, because if it can do that to us, it will then come around to the sincere practitioner and go, well, that's never going to work because you're, there's nothing wrong. Yeah. And you're incompetent because you've been practicing for so long. And, you and all you're trying to do is fix it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really, what's the point? You might as well not even go to the monster. Right. <laughs> right. That, actually, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen. I'm not making this stuff up here. <laughs> <laughs> And, and to me, that's that, I mean, it really does become fun. It gets, because it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And really, again, you said you wanted to continue that conversation. It really is what Scott's talking to us off with. Mm-hmm. Because when we keep taking those steps back, we realize, wow, all right, it really is all okay. And to begin to, my experience of it, 
when we let all of it, especially in that two-handed reporting format, when we let all of that come out, right? So doing two-handed reporting with a person who seems to be really afraid that something's going to happen to her husband when she's on retreat. Letting her have that experience fully. I mean, often when we're, when we're giving the instruction for the two-handed reporting, we say things like, without censoring, right? Without any second guessing, without, because I think for a lot of us, that's what happens, is that two, we start the two-handed reporting, Gosh, you know, I'm really afraid. Well, but I mean, you know what? I shouldn't be afraid. Because, I mean, that's just the voice. I mean, that. So we don't ever get to really, really just have that experience. And when we get to have the experience, that's one huge benefit of it. But the other huge benefit is that then the mentor life is completely able to hear that full experience. And that's the only way, in my experience, that the mentor life can actually address what's going on is if we're able to, if we're allowed to express it uncensored in that way. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it doesn't really, there's not much for life to work with. If we're just, you know, going to, well, no, but that's okay. You know, I can just shift my mm-hmm. attention to. Mm-hmm. Was there more? No, no, just uh, <laughs> give it a try. Yeah. Yeah, yeah remember, we, we, I remember, no. You remember? Well, the New Year's retreat, two years ago, we, there was a more of a, we did some two-handed um, works, and there was a time when I could actually go into it fully, but there's a lot of censoring I'm seeing. Thank you. Yeah. Anyone else? <laughs> yeah. 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 A lot of censoring. And, and because I know the other way, I know to turn my attention. Exactly. So I get there. Yeah. But to me, and I'd be so you know have my own experience and report back. But to me, that I know the other, that is absolutely conditioning, taking advantage, take, basically taking practice to shut us down, taking practice in uh-huh. <coughs> Excuse me, to shut us down, because there's so much. Um, I don't know, yeah, again, to me, there's so much clarity in being able to just have the human experience, which doesn't mean it's cool, right, or it's what, it's just what's going on right now, you know, and even though, yeah, it's very likely I'm completely frustrated that my coworker is da-da-da-da-da, is that a conditioned perspective? Well, very likely, right? I'm conditioned to think, this is wrong, this not wrong, I should be right, and then, you know, all of those things. But when we were able to fully express it, because it is a human experience, again, life is able to see that and truly assist us, truly help us go to the root of what's going on in a way that it can't when we're censored in that way. Okay, so okay. Yeah, that's that's new. That's new for me. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. Good, good. Thank you. Penny. Wow. <laughs> Big morning already. Big morning already. Uh, a couple things I was seeing in, um, uh, about the impersonal thing. Uh, that, that conditioning doesn't like uh, unconditional impersonal love because it doesn't reinforce that, that I'm a person. Yes. So if it's, if it's impersonal, there's nothing in it for ego. Yes. So ego hates that. Hates it. Yeah. There's nothing to maintain ego in that. Yeah. 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 And uh, whereas you're in other others of those quadrants, <laughs> yes. especially top right. I mean, as Rebecca described it, there is a lot for you. I mean, in fact, that's a really good deal. Yeah. Right. It's all about the me. personal conditional. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about me, exactly. But if we can step into that, 
uh, impersonal, unconditional, there's total freedom. Which, which again is just the thing that conditioning hates more than anything in the world. Yes. Yeah. Total freedom. Not that. Anything but that. Yeah. And I was hearing too in the, about the in the conversation about easygoing. Because I sometimes get that. <laughs> I come down to get that reflection. You know that I'm easygoing and. That's yeah. an internal belief. Of internal belief to some extent, but more, more, less and less. <laughs> but I, you know, you get this, it's an external thing, you know, about being very calm and stuff. And I've talked recently about storming around the yard and, and, and fuming and, and, oh, that feels so good when I do it. And, and, and what I was seeing was it's not that we become easygoing, it's that the, easy, the, the way it becomes easygoing. The, the, exactly. the going becomes easy. Yeah. And again, it's not about us. Yes. And when the going is easy, we can be anything within it. Yeah. Any way within yeah. it. Yeah, so it's the image on the front of the um, going beyond resistance book, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, if, when we're going with the stream, right, in our boat, it's just wee! And I mean, the stream is everything, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It's the storming around the yard. Because what I project onto that is that in the way you've been describing it, that's being held in awareness. Yeah. It's not a closed down identification that's going to, you know, spill out onto everyone around you. Right. That's an awareness holding this human experience. Yeah. So that's going with what is. Yeah. So um, I was working with the subpersonalities uh, yesterday, and what I was seeing was, was a couple of things that I, I guess are, you know, you look at them now and they seem obvious, but it was, it was just being reminded that that the, the things that are associated with those sub-personalities, uh, like the language and stuff, are not really coming from them. They're the ones who listen. Uh-huh. They're the ones who buy into it. Uh-huh. It's just so helpful to see that they're, they're innocent, really. Mm-hmm. That conditioning is behind it, all of it. Yes. And then sub- the question is, who's vulnerable mm-hmm. to this particular language or this particular uh-huh. message? And that becomes a sub-personality. Uh-huh. That was helpful to see. Uh-huh. So it's like, almost like the way you describe it, conditioning is kind of looking to see who's, <coughs> who's here inside of me. Like, in other words, what message am I going to use to target her right, right now? Oh, right. well, she'll believe this. Yeah. No, she's vulnerable to this message right now. Yeah. Or that. Yeah. And that there's someone who's listening to that internally getting hooked by it. Right, mm-hmm. right. And the other thing I was seeing that was fascinating is looking at some of them, it felt like the same karma is at work, but it just manifests differently. Yeah. So... So to say there's a, uh, a big, big karma is seeking approval. Mm-hmm. So then there's a, a person who, uh, who who feels approved of <laughs> and, and uh, really likes it and feels good and upbeat. And then there's another person who, who feels disapproved of mm-hmm. and feels overwhelmed and victimized. And but same karma. Same karma. That was really helpful. To yeah. See. And it, that's so perfect because. Um, from conditioning's perspective, it's conditional, so that's all that matters. So whichever part of the program oh, you're in, yeah. that's completely great. Like, right. feel approved of? Good, go for it, girl. Feel approved of. Because, right. whoop, we're going to get you right down here in just a minute. That's right, because conditioning is also completely impersonal. Yeah, whatever it can do, it cares not. It cares not. Yeah. 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 So, so that's just what I just saw, because that sort of points at the... Um, 
the, the conditional and yet particular mm -hmm. in the sense that it's completely impersonal. You know, we were joking, we have one head, right? So, so I can project perfectly, right? On, to what, because we all have that stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And yet it does target, target us in particular, which is why it's helpful for us to do the work of really seeing how does it happen inside of this head? Because that helps me recognize it, which I project as kind of the corollary to what maybe Rebecca was pointing at, where that love is impersonal, and yet it is here with this person. Right. Yeah. right. Let's see, there was one other thing which I now forget. So anyway, it's been a really, it's been a very helpful exercise to, to really get how there's, there's sort of certain linkages behind everything. Yeah. And then and there are just the different manifestations. And again, all that's all they are is just manifestations. They're just little people responding to a really malevolent message. Yeah. And so, um, so I, there's no reason to be condemning of those people or feel bad about those people. Of course they respond that way, poor right. things. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, even they feel buoyed up by something. Um, it's, it's totally understandable yeah. that that would be the response. Because yeah. you can just see. You can see it. Uh, it's a, anyway, it's a great compassion tool. Yeah, to, to yeah. yeah, it's a great compassion tool, and it really takes us to what Judy was talking about. There's nothing to fix, right? We don't need to change these folks. We don't need to talk them into something. We don't need to, you know, what we're doing is we're taking a step back mm -hmm. to find that larger perspective where, you know, they're not in charge, basically. Right. Which normally what happens for most conditioned humans is they're just cycling through all day long who's in charge. Right. This, now, this, now, this, now, this, now, this. But not seeing that. Yeah. So with this tool, the ability to stay, to step back, and it's not that those experiences aren't there, it's just they're not in charge. And we can step back into unconditional, yeah. impersonal, and then everybody's free. Yeah, and then everybody's free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And anyone who doesn't want freedom is very much revealed. Yes. <laughs> it stands out like a sore thumb. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Wow. Um, so I'm, I just wanted to. I'm looking at death and recording and listening and um, the wisdom that animates us. I. Um, we had the loss of Pache, and then. Um, I heard that someone that deeply touched my life is in hospice care. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, not supposed to be dying now, you know, in the conditioned world. Right. Um, and uh, I just, this person just deeply, deeply touched my life, even though I didn't um, see a lot of her. There was just this real uh, inexplicable connection. Mm. And you know, there was always going to be another day that we could yeah, get true. together mm -hmm. and, uh, and yeah, that mm. assumption. That, that, that assumption, be. right. And um, so, <clears throat> a couple of things. Um, first of all, I, 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 I saw there. There's just this tendency to, um, you know, <laughs> keep everything in lockdown. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. 
it's the, it's the, it's what we talked about earlier. You know, it's not being talked about what's really going on on even you know yeah. on the recorder, let alone in you know right. in actual life. Yeah. You know, it's like okay, got got yeah, hear that? Okay, yeah, that's happening. Yeah, let's put that okay, on. Let's, yeah, let's put our overalls on now and just do the next thing. Uh-huh. You know, it's just everything has just the same. You know, uh-huh. and um. I, I know that went on a lot for me around Pache, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, done, mm-hmm. did that, what's, what's next, you know, mm-hmm. and um, so I saw that happening, and you know, I picked up the recorder, and he just um, said, no, wait a minute, mm-hmm. <laughs> I see this going on, uh-huh. it's not okay, uh-huh. she gets to have, yeah. she gets to be human, mm-hmm. and she gets to ex- have this experience, uh-huh. It sounds like really inviting her inviting to, to be there yeah. to maybe tell you, talk yeah. about what talk I about with that. Yeah. So recognizing the lockdown, again, it's another example of starting wherever we are. So what you became aware of is the lockdown. Okay, well, let's start there, yeah. right? And I'm re- I realized the lockdown is happening. And very likely, someone's getting locked down mm-hmm. in that process. Mm-hmm. So let's stop, right. pause, yeah. and see what's going on there. Yeah, just so aware of that. Um, you know, it was, it's what gives rise to the constant tension, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's that whole process of, yeah, yeah whatever's going on is not okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, and it has, yeah, it can just explain everything away, and... Yeah. Except that it can't. It can't. Which is where the tension comes from. Right. Right? right. So everything has to be in this lockdown, mm-hmm. but meanwhile, there is all of this stuff going on that is all maintained in that yeah. kind of internal tension. Right. That. Mm-hmm. Right. So I uh, woke up in the middle of the night, and, it, and it, you know, I was really. Um, it was one of those wake-ups when you know, oh, this isn't just a little bit of coming awake. This could be, you know, this could be awake, awake. You can feel the various chemicals in the body. Right. Truly awake. <laughs> and I knew because of, you know, everything going on that it, the, the attention could get pulled into a lot of, um, you know, worry and looking at, you know, things that... Um, we're not allowing the human to have our experience, but we're being controlled, you know, but with a, a being controlled by the system yeah. that just wants suffering, you know. Yeah, it just wants suffering. Just wants suffering. So, um, I pushed a, a recorder to play non-stop recordings. Uh-huh. And just before I did that, I looked up out of the window and it's been many, many days since we we could see the stars. Yeah. We have been in lockdown. We have been in total lockdown. <laughs> just before I pushed the recorder, I looked up and I'm like, oh my God, mm-hmm. <laughs> how beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I, I pushed the random on the recorder and honest to God, it was me. <laughs> Saying, oh my God, look at the stars. And I'm just going on on the recorder about the beauty of the night sky. Uh-huh. And I'm looking there and I'm going, oh my God. <laughs> you know? So that was wondrous enough. But the next thing that came out of the recorder was, what if there is no death? 
And I was like, I recorded this. I don't remember. No, I didn't make that recording. <laughs> I didn't make that recording. But it was clearly my voice, and it was just talking about um, what if there is no death? You know, what if what we call death is birth? What if it's an opportunity for another birth that we don't even... Maybe, you know, what if it, we look in the, we never, I mean, I have this experience, I'm sure we all do, I feel ageless. Mm-hmm. What if that experience of feeling ageless is touching into that mm-hmm. place of no death? Mm-hmm. And it's just this body that dies. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, <laughs> so I'm listening to me say these things to myself mm-hmm. in the middle of the night in a place that could have been, um, yeah, could have been, could have been really painful. Yeah. And and what still I'm so touched. We talk about recording and listening to get in touch with the wisdom that animates us and find into. So we have an experience that that's what's animating us, and it's accessible. Mm-hmm. Well, that was it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It yeah. was it was it in such a profound way that I mean, in the two hour recording, sometimes it can feel like it's still me because it's just happening. Um, right after I, you know, even though why things come out, it was like, you know, it can still come kind of bits me what you just made that up. Mm-hmm. And but to have this experience last night when I was <laughs> way beyond my control yeah. of just that random recording and and what was needed to be heard was heard at that moment. Yes. 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 Yeah, it's incredibly magical. Yeah, yeah. I just had this image of like, let's wake her up now. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. And just, it can feel orchestrated. Uh-huh. Like the whole thing is just, yeah. You know, just literally, I just pictured, you know, the, whatever, the conductor, tap, tap. Okay, you wake her up. Okay, cue the star. This recording. Okay, and then death recording. And, uh, you know, just so talk about being loved. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, truly. I mean, what if it is all, you know, for us? <laughs> you know, it seems to be. It seems to be. It seems to be. Yeah, it's just, um, yeah, it's just. And it is mind blowing because here we are, just in this one small community, mm-hmm. right? And that's going on, and it's all for Sequoia, right? And then, meanwhile, all these things that Jim's looking at, I mean, those are coming together perfectly for this work. And then, meanwhile, Rebecca's over there, and it just—it truly is all for me, yeah. all for you know, and it's all the just being orchestrated in this beautiful, amazing way through it. Exactly. I think that's what hit me. So, I mean, I just been the awareness that this is going on continually, yeah, all the time, yeah. and sometimes it has to occur in a, a way like it did last night, where I can't like. I gotta get it. I gotta get it. You know, I can't just like be on autopilot. You know, and to just say, you know, this is not just not a random experience. This is happening in every moment. And so, um, and it really is that building that skill of choosing presence. I project that makes us available to that because you really illustrated a clear choice point, Mm -hmm. right? Where you woke up, mm-hmm. and there's so many years of training mm-hmm. to know really vulnerable situation right here. Mm-hmm. 
and there was the awareness to see that. Mm -hmm. And so going to press and play, mm -hmm. right? That's such a big there. Now you put yourself in the path of life can't access you. Yeah. In a way that, you know, there have been yeah. many other times I project we haven't made that choice. Yeah. Right? And then we're tortured for however many hours in right. conversation. And the thing is, that makes me religious too, because my experience is we have that experience for as long as we have that experience mm -hmm. in order to really get it. I don't want to go down that road. Yeah. I've been down that road. Yeah. I wow. know what's down that road. I've proven myself. I know what's down that road. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah. Yeah, and to really get it. To because, yeah, it's all still there. Yeah. You know, don't press play. You've heard them all before. What do you, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, all kind of not going to help. It's asking you to be noisy, and then you're really never going to go to sleep. Human. And it's just you making it up. And so, you know, it's like, whoa, push play. <laughs> <laughs> That's the press play. That's the press play. Instead, I think I'll listen to you. What are you doing? Let me tell you. This is not helpful. So maybe this, you know, we have to try it. Yeah. So anyway. And uh, 
much to my delight, they're still there. Uh-huh. And um, the kitchen tower, yes, the kitchen tower. <laughs> and uh, you know, conditioning, you know, has all these ideas about you know getting new ones and replacing them and. And there's something about seeing the tower racks and seeing the trees and, and seeing the dogs. And I, I didn't know that a dog had just passed. And, and it's like, well, would you get rid of your grandmother because she was rickety? No. It's an opportunity to care, to, to take more care, to be more awake, to pay more attention. Because uh, the last time I was here, my dishes were up on the, on the top rack. And I, I got to pay really close attention <laughs> every single time getting those dishes down. And I can imagine how if if there was a new towel rack, yeah. it would just be an invitation to go to sleep, yeah. you know, yeah. to not pay such close yeah. attention. Yeah. Um, and so just really appreciating the, all of the wisdom that is yeah. just, it's just everywhere. Yeah. So everything is so deliberate, yeah. so intentional. Yeah. 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 I love that too. I can't even tell you the hundreds of teachings that I have had along those lines living here. Just that place of the wisdom of a time, in a sense. Like, no, the, the towel rack still is still the towel rack. Mm-hmm. And actually, I want you to go visit the towel rack. But had a hip replacement. And someday it will be time for it not to stand, mm-hmm. right? And that's the towels are another one where it's, you know, the towel that's ripped and it doesn't dry anymore, right? That's now a rag. Mm-hmm. But the towel that's faded and it's frayed a little bit on the edges and it dries the dishes, that's still a towel. My my Cohen for the probably for the duration of this day uh-huh. from the the precepts card oh, great. and at the the bottom of it it says there are no victims or perpetrators mm-hmm. and um, when I was sitting in meditation yesterday I could feel the energy of what it feels like if I feel like I have to do this because. I have to because it's coming from something outside, or even from something inside. So mm-hmm. you have to, right. and how different that feels than than embracing like I'm doing this because I choose to. Yeah. I'm doing this because I want to. Yeah. And how what a different energy that is. Completely different. And then yeah. doing the homework assignment and seeing you know how how much that internal dynamic just plays out everywhere in my life. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a there's a, a perpetrator who is the person who really wants to do a good job. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. they just really want to do a good job. Right. But they put up so many standards yeah. that then the person who's doing the job yeah. and gets to feel like a victim. Yeah. And um, and so this Cohen, like, there are no victims mm. and no perpetrators. Wow. And just sitting with that mm. um, and <laughs> talking with mentor about it and you know, mentors are good. They're not going to solve your poem for you. Right? <laughs> no, no. Take away your opportunity to look. No, there's not. So, mentor just says, you know, all there is is yes. Mm. 
should do it and it's a good idea you know I want to support life I want to be I want it all the exactly yeah 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 I just yeah um, I'm not sure quite what the image is but something around um, well it's like going to a healthcare practitioner right and in order for them to be able to assist me uh, I'm the one living inside of this body I'm the one with the experience and so their best shot at assisting me is going to be if I'm paying really close attention and giving them all of the information that I can uh-huh. so that we can work together, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Otherwise, right. it's not going to work. And it seems that there's a possibility if we work together and then we both kind of dissolve and just allow and invite. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. I just wanted to explore that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Really, really 
I'm just catching on to this. Okay, good. Um, so what I have seen, so I, I, uh, I know a lot of people have, have an idea that spiritual people should not be interested in politics. Mm. Uh, but I am. Mm. Uh, so what, if that makes me not spiritual, what the heck. Uh, I'm with Gandhi. You know, yeah, spiritual is political, political is spiritual. Yeah. I'm a big fan of history, as everybody knows, because it informs so much about about now. Mm-hmm. And so what I, I'm looking at is how self-hatred mm-hmm. plays out in culture. Mm-hmm. Now, I think it's true around the world, but of course I only stick with ours because mm-hmm. it's the one I, I'm most familiar with. Um, but basically, this, this, this is the, the right now part of it, which is hatred. Okay, so self-hatred is so hard for people to catch on to because we deeply believe it's because of us. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's, the, that's the whole message. So uh, I am being treated this way because I have this, these flaws. Uh, I do these things that are wrong, and therefore I'm being punished, just like when we're little, little tiny kids. Um, and so we really believe it. And to get to the point of, no, that is a system that does what it does because it does what it does. And, and one of the ways we can catch on to that is, it doesn't matter what I do. It comes at me with the same thing. And so if I change that, it just goes to another content, right? So the same thing has happened with culture, right? And uh, with our society. And, and the same process content confusion. So one of the ways I've been looking at it is uh, in the, the way language plays out. So if it's black people or brown people, it's racist. If it's Jewish people, it's anti-Semitism. If it's, uh, then there's LGBTQ, right? If you're any of those. Um, but it's also if you're disabled. If you're, uh, you know, I mean, there's a whole, but everybody, if it's female, it's misogyny, right? So everybody gets a category that is the reason that this is happening. Yeah. And then we get caught in this duality of, well, no, that's not really true, but maybe it is. Because it's such a mirror yeah. for what we've been. Wow. So people wouldn't just... So then we get into this whole thing of self-esteem yeah. and what self-hatred does to self-esteem. Yeah. Um, and the, the conversation in our head that... that focuses on the self-hatred that is external in the same way it focuses on it internally, yeah. right? Uh, it, it's a compelling conversation. Yeah. And so what occurred to me is, the, the conversation that I, I wish could be in society is, if we talked about self-hatred externalized, then it's just hatred. It's not hatred because of something. Yeah. Hatred doesn't isn't focused on people because they're African American or because they're Mexican or because they're because they're anything. Hatred is just hatred. Yes. And if all of us, <laughs> with whatever our particular uh, group is, yeah. and, and of course we do struggle because we want our group, we want our identity, yeah. right? So I am a gypsy. Yeah. I, I am Roma. And, and I want to be individually specifically that, yes. but then I'm really sensitive to the fact that you're prejudiced against me because right. I'm in that side. And it's this whole ego maintenance 
this system. Whereas in all of the groups who are the objects of that could say, just as we could, okay, as individuals. Yeah. All right, I, this is me. I, I am this way. Yeah. And, uh, and I choose. I choose to be me, okay? I want to play my, I want to be my cell in the body of Buddha. I'm not interested in merging with all the other cells, because that's really important. But we can all work together for maximum health. Yeah. Right? And there are so many more of us than there are haters. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that particularly struck me about this is uh, how, and in our culture now, but like this is just an example, and given that I know absolutely nothing about this, okay, this is just the example, but somebody cannot criticize a policy of Israel without being anti-Semitic. Right, right, right. I mean, that's just insane. It's such a coup. Yeah. It, it is such a coup. Yeah. And we're all yeah. so engaged yeah. in this, yeah. in this, <laughs> it's, a, it's a conspiracy. Yeah. So, oh, good, I have a conspiracy theory. Um, <laughs> but it, we're all so engaged in the, in the same way that it seems to me individuals yeah. are engaged in this yeah. just endless, yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to fix myself yes. and just miss out yeah. on the fact that that hatred yeah. does not need to have anything to do with my life at all. Yeah. And the I'm going to fix myself is the system maintaining itself. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just super, really quickly, I was doing a recording the other night and um, I said, Wow, I was looking at how the internal pieces that were happening. I said, that is a perfect policy of apartheid. Mm-hmm. Yes. What was happening all inside of me was a perfect policy of apartheid. It was exactly that yes. strategy. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, to, and to realize that if we could identify hatred for what it is and remove hatred, mm-hmm. yeah. we, now, where do we go from there? I don't know, yeah. you know, because then we do have to deal with greed, hate, and delusion. Yeah. <laughs> now we've got the greed and delusion part. <laughs> but just removing the hate yeah. could be such a such a huge step forward. And so I just want to engage. You know, 25 years ago we did this with self-hate. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I don't plan on being here in another 25 years to see if we can accomplish the same thing with this. But um, but the rest of you. Any of you who have an ambition <laughs> to be around here, then uh, you know to to see if if we could actually bring this conversation into a larger conversation. Yeah. It's so extraordinary. Really, I feel like what you're describing is turning the attention to the actual oppressor. Yes, the thing exactly. that actually, which is what apartheid is doing, right? Is I mean, look at them, and that we'll give you a few more rights than them, and then so all of you out there fight each other, fight each other, and then meanwhile, the invisible, actual thing is back pulling here, the string, pulling the strings, and that's what's happening. That's exactly what's happening. The actual thing right pulling now. the strings is yep. inside of each person, but yes. we never, including the full positive things, right? Well, I mean, don't be racist, or don't be this way, and don't be that way, and don't be this way. We're still divided. Yes. 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 And we're still focused on the wrong, 
the wrong thing. And so uh, we can have all kinds of differences that we could actually discuss <laughs> and work together to resolve yeah. if hatred were removed. Yeah. And so not all negativity, what we would call negativity, is hatred. Yeah. But haters are haters. Yeah. And haters just simply hate in the same way that self-hate just simply hates. It's like a giant two-handed recording. What's possible? Yes, we'll all get together. <laughs> you know, just get it out there. Like the actual thing. But get it out there with the knowing that's what we're doing. We're just getting out there. We're not going to hash out the you're right, I'm wrong. Da, da, da. We're just going to get it out there. That's right. And then everyone will move to the left hand. All of us together. <laughs> and listen back together. It's what you talk about with putting the cushion out here. And we're, the two of us are here looking at the cushion instead of the cushion being the problem between us that we're going to Wow. Yeah, that's big. It really is big. I, I hope that we can find a way to, and, and maybe it exists already, you know, I, I don't know, it goes on everywhere. Uh, and so maybe in the way that things do happen to happen in whole lines kind of simultaneously, I hope there are, are a lot of people who are seeing this next layer of, of how this works. Yeah. Why don't we do enough to go? But one of the things I think is so revolutionary about, again, I don't know either, but the practice that we participate in is the realization that, well, what Gandhi said, that one has to do the work here. Yes. And that that's the thing that it seems like most people miss, because it's really hard. <laughs> and I don't really want to do that, and it doesn't seem like I really have to, but boy, it seems to me that we have to do it here in order to have any shot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we have to recognize what hatred is. Yeah. And we have to see it in ourselves exactly. and how it operates in ourselves to exactly. be to be able to see how it operates on that larger yeah. scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that was more than four minutes. A little. Okay. Thank you, everyone.